Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I am the sinus infection version of Kara Zalaya, and I am joined here with my co-host, partner, fiance, and my princess switch, Dan Takaki. Sinus infection free over here. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not so favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So let's get into it. Darling Daniel, Mm -hmm. what are we talking about this week? This week, we are taking a look back at the third and final installment of the Princess Switch franchise? Yeah. The Princess Switch Romancing the Star, once again starring (laughs) Vanessa Hudgens three times as the titular Princess Switch. Now, we know Kara is not the biggest fan of these movies. We also know that she has a sinus infection. And so I'm pretty sure she's going to come in hot on this one. But what did you think this was going to be about? Look, I've actually had been looking forward to this, to my defense, because it's been a year of not a lot of our original Christmas programming. You know, we haven't gotten there yet. We held it on till later in the year this time. Mm -hmm. So I was looking forward to this. And I think that I should get credit for that. You do. So here's what I thought about this film. Since we know Vanessa Hudgens can objectively sing well, she would be singing because I thought that the third Vanessa Hudgens was a pop star in the second one. Mm. She was not. I don't remember the second one very well, I've learned. I'll get into that. Neither did I. No, you did not. And so I thought that the pop star Vanessa Hudgens would be doing like a bachelorette type show, like The Bachelor, but The Bachelorette. And... (laughs) The Baker, (laughs) listen. The Bachelorette is also a show. Listen, this will be an interesting episode, everyone, because every time I laugh, I sound like an old man in an attic. So we're all doing the best we can. We're crushing it, baby. (laughs) I thought pop star Vanessa Hudgens would be doing a Bachelorette type show. And I thought that Baker Vanessa Hudgens and Princess Vanessa Hudgens would try to balance their lives as rulers because i think baker vanessa hudgens is also in charge of things now until they are thrown into the fray of legislation the twist is that pop star vanessa hudgens would fall for a man who is actually evil like hans and frozen but she ends up with a different man like Kristoff from frozen and before anyone comes at me about how ridiculous of a pre- premise this is, this film had more ridiculous of a premise. It's true. And it equally went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Dan, why don't you go ahead and tell me what your pre-movie thoughts were? <laughs> so everything that I thought I remembered about this movie was actually from The Christmas Prince, too. Yeah, that was really funny. So it was kind of useless for me to try and help Kara remember what happened in the second one, because I also didn't remember, apparently. No. But I thought this movie, there was going to be a new prince or a royal on the scene. And there was going to be something called the Star's Ball on Christmas. And maybe it was a masquerade ball. And the new prince doesn't know who the real Vanessa Hudgens is. Mm. And I thought that the baker and the princess, they're both queens now, by the way. But we're going to refer to them as baker and princess. Are they both queens? Yes. They're both queens. What's Baker Vanessa Hudgens the queen of? The queen of Edward's country. (laughs) Great. (laughs) 
I know that Princess is the queen of Montanara. I don't remember what Baker's country is, but sure. she is the queen. If you have not listened to our first two episodes about the Princess Switch, right now might be a good time to revisit because, you know, the lore is so complicated. It's real deep. So I thought there was going to be like a masquerade ball. They didn't, the new prince didn't know which Vanessa Hudgens was which. The Baker and the Princess were going to have to coach uh, the socialite, we'll call her. She's just a criminal. And not in a fun way like Anna Delvey. Yeah. Chasing Anna. Great film. Inventing Anna TV <laughs> show. <laughs> anyway, I thought they were going to try and have to coach the like socialite slash criminal version of Vanessa Hudgens to be like a good person. Mm. And then she would end up with the prince. So why don't you go ahead and tell the fine folks at home what happened in this movie? I would love to. So Baker and Princess Vanessa Hudgens, whose names are Stacy and Margaret, they are working together to put on like a joint international Christmas event culminating in a huge tree lighting. They are borrowing something called the Star of Peace from the Vatican. Sure. We don't talk enough about how there are also real world places in this movie. Yeah. You know? It's odd. It's confusing. They borrow this star and that's going to go on top of the tree culminating in the tree lighting. Almost immediately though, the star is stolen by someone and the detectives and the police have no leads. And so they decide to investigate on their own with the help of Fiona, the third Vanessa Hudgens, who is just a criminal. The reason they recruit her is because they need someone who can, quote, think like a criminal. Can we talk about the fact that essentially she gets her own film and she's not very interesting or likable? We, we can talk about that throughout. That's my insight. <laughs> yeah. So Fiona is currently serving out her sentence from the previous movie where she kidnapped Stacy to try and become the queen of Montanaro. Her sentence, though, is just doing community service in an orphanage. Mm. And when the head of the orphanage agrees to let Fiona spend the holidays with Stacy and Margaret, she informs them that she needs to be back right after the holidays because Fiona has a hearing in front of the disciplinary committee, apparently, to, like, talk about the rest of her sentence because she's got, like, 2,000 hours of community service left or something. Yeah. So Fiona agrees to help help them out because she does genuinely feel guilty about what she did in the previous movie, but she also gets her two friends out of jail to help with this, and Fiona tracks down an old childhood friend slash boyfriend named Peter, who's like a discount Henry Golding. Okay, let me say this mm -hmm. about discount Henry Golding. Yeah. I'm glad that this is a type now. Yeah. Because we also saw this with, what was his name? Jad? In the Lindsay Lohan movie. Oh, yes. Her, like, original boyfriend before yeah. she was with Chad, the, the white one. <laughs> Cordover Street? Yes. Sorry, you keep saying Jad? Well, that was his name. Was it Jad? Or was it, like, Thad? It, yeah, it was something like that. It was, like, not Chad, but it was supposed to be Chad, you know? Right, like, yeah. it was like, look, I'm all for all of the half Asians of the world booking, famously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's really good. But it is just very interesting that that is like, hey, are you Asian, but like a little white? And also British? <laughs> yeah. Have we got a movie for you? <laughs> Have we got a Christmas a, movie for you? Uh, and you know, you know who you're going to co-star against? Vanessa Hudgens, who is what? Half Asian. It's true. They bring up her Filipino roots in this movie a yeah, couple of times. At the last second, I'm like, has this ever been brought up? <laughs> Yeah. At the end, she's like, it's a Filipino tradition to do this. And we're like, you've never mentioned this. 
Your whole thing is that you're from Chicago. So this friend Peter also was a former Interpol detective. And so he's got he's got his own like private security firm that he runs now. They figure out that the star was stolen by a billionaire named Hunter who likes to steal priceless artifacts for fun. And so they decide their plan is going to be to steal it back from him. Then there's like a very, very long Ocean's Eleven style montage of Peter explaining all of Hunter's different security measures and how he, Fiona, and her friends are going to break in and steal the star. Sure. Fiona also meets Hunter at some point and she convinces him to invite her to his holiday gala as like a cover Mm. for their heist. But like... It doesn't really factor into the heist. Yeah, this is a heist movie. This is a full-on heist movie. This is a heist movie with Vanessa Hudgens playing three characters, but really, we only see Fiona for 80% of this film. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. What is going on? You know what? I'm I'm going to take a stand right now. I know you're mid-literally telling us what this film is about, but... Yeah. I need to take a stand. We need to say Merry Christmas and we need to have Christmas movies be about Christmas again because all of these fucking movies are going off the rails. Mm. There's too many. It's a heist. It's a murder. It's a blah, but it's Christmas. And it's like, y'all, it can just be Christmas. That's true. Maybe we're not right watching the right Christmas movies. I don't know. They're they're preparing for Christmas and their plans are ruined. So they have to they have to you know how it's like in in, in every sitcom, whenever there's a wedding, something has to go wrong. Sure. Yeah. It's like that. You can't just have the wedding. Right, but like why can't something go wrong like I don't know, Vanessa Hudgens in the first movie at least, she was like in a baking competition? Question yeah. mark. You know, like that's interesting. It's not <laughs> It's not interesting. <laughs> Okay, but can neither I, is this. Can I say, though, in the first two movies, the main reason they both switch places is so they can try and hook up with another person. Yeah. Now that I can get behind. So Fiona convinces Margaret to help her out with this because at some point one of Fiona's henchmen gets hurt and Margaret needs to fill in for Fiona at the gala while Peter, Fiona, and her henchmen break into Hunter's house. So during the heist, while this is going on, they break in, everything's going smoothly. Stacy is back at the the castle. She's just hanging out. She didn't have any role in this heist at all. Not none whatsoever. They clearly like, you know, we talked about this during the movie too. We were like, why is Stacy not in this movie at all? I, and I, I, we, at one point, you were like, I don't know, maybe it was scheduling conflicts. I thought, yeah, I, I, I said that maybe it was scheduling conflicts. But she's also the other two Vanessa Hudgens characters because she's Vanessa Hudgens and she has two other parts in this movie. Do you understand why this franchise is so terrible now? Do you? Are you finally coming around? I don't like this movie. I like the other two. <laughs> Okay, we're making progress. Anyway, so Stacy gets a call that Fiona's trial has been moved up, so she has to come back for it. So Stacy takes her place, and her and her husband Edward go to the orphanage for this disciplinary trial. It's very confusing mm-hmm. who these people are. What is she, what's the what's the hearing about? Who's to say? And they are able to commute the rest of Fiona's sentence. So Fiona's free to go, which kind of wraps up that whole thing nicely for her. So they do the heist. It all goes smoothly until the end when they accidentally set off an alarm. And Peter gets separated from everyone else. Um, but he also takes the star with him. <laughs> this is such a stupid plot. So Fiona thinks Peter 
has run away with the star until he texts her and asks her to meet him at their old boarding school because they were childhood friends. Oh, God, this whole thing. And throughout the movie, there's like flashbacks to them growing up together. And they're both British. They're both British? Yeah. Oh, you'll always be my best friend. Oh, you'll be my best friend, too. Oh, it's so difficult to be unloved in this very rich boarding school. Yes, it's terrible, isn't it? (laughs) That was Kara's normal voice. (laughs) But the whole movie, Peter's been trying to convince Fiona to reconcile with her very distant and neglectful mother. Uh. And so Peter gives Fiona the star back, and then he tells her that her mother is also at the school. And Fiona has it out with her mom, and the two start to reconcile. The movie ends with the tree lighting ceremony, where everyone is back together. Kevin and Olivia show up, who are Margaret's husband and stepdaughter, because Olivia was somewhere else the whole movie, and Kevin had to go get here. So they were just, like, written out of the thing. But they came back. Sure. So everybody's back together. Everybody smooches on, on Christmas Eve, and Peter shows up, and he and Fiona kiss, and the movie ends with the tree being lit with the star on top, and the Vatican does not reprimand them for losing the star. What a film. Yeah, that is, that's the movie. Not very good. What are your thoughts? What, what are your, you what are your s- words? I hate this trilogy of films. I can't believe I long for the first one. The first one was easily the best one. Yes, it is the best one by far. Look, as I said earlier, I'm sick and tired of people trying to make Christmas anything other than Christmas. I don't need a heist movie. If I wanted to watch a heist movie, I'd watch the Ocean's films. They're perfectly fine. We've we've had a fair number of heist movies this That's what year. I'm saying. I'm a little burnt out on the heist of it all. That's fair. You know what I want? I want Chicken Noodle Soup for Christmas, all right? Oh. And it is a series of short films from the bestseller Chicken Noodle Soup for the Christmas Soul. And it's a different... Things like people being writing in and saying, I had cancer, and then I didn't. Merry Christmas. You know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, tell me more about the Chicken chicken Soup for the Soul books. I don't think I know much about Have you ever them. read a Chicken Soup for the Soul book? No. Oh, buddy. Oh, you didn't go to Catholic school. Which no. brings me to my second point, which is to say, what is homophobia but for catholics like i mean obviously homophobia is what catholics do what i mean is like what you know there's like like anti-semitism for people who hate jewish people like what is the catholic version of that like what is it when you hate catholics oh you're asking <laughs> what do you what does it mean to hate catholics no, like, what like is what, the... what's the term for being yes. anti-catholic yeah. what's that term i don't know pagan <laughs> google what is the word for hating Catholics. <laughs> um, I just looked up. There is a chicken soup for the soul. Time for Christmas. Yeah, I know. I don't want Catholic slurs. I just want... Ant- okay, well, I think this film is anti-Catholic. It's my point. Oh. I think that it paints the Vatican in a terrible light. Does it? I don't know. The Vatican does a good job of painting itself in a bad light. <laughs> I, do I, say I think so the myself. Vatican's just like there. Oh, so before anyone comes for me, I'm culturally Catholic. I was, I did the whole thing. Okay, I, I did it. I'm confirmed. So everyone, calm down. My confirmation oh. name is. Do you know this? Uh, James. Yeah, I knew it. You know who James was? Uh, yeah. Who was he? A saint. He was Jesus's brother. Oh. Oh. I All right. I knew every fucking day. And then my my whole thing is, I hate these films. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just want chicken noodle for the soup. Here we go. I'm going to read you some chicken soup for the soul books. Okay. There is a whole section on Christmas. Did you know? Yeah. Have you never heard of these series, these books? I I know them as having very specific, it's like chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. For chicken the, soup for chicken the Chicken soup for the firefighter soul. Chicken, chicken soup for... Chicken. No, it's more specific. It's like chicken noodle soup for... A the bi- horny teenage boy. No, it's more specific. It's like chicken noodle soup for the bi girl it's who just, just had chicken her. chicken soup. It's not chicken noodle soup. <laughs> chicken noodle soup for the bi girl who just had her second period at her estranged father's girlfriend's house in Santa Monica. Like, that's the name of the chicken noodle soup books. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to rapid fire read you the Christmas titles, and I need you to tell me uh, yes or no. Okay. Sure. No, no rankings, just yes or no. Uh-huh. Chicken soup for the soul, time for Christmas. No. Chicken soup for the soul, the magic of Christmas. Maybe. Chicken soup for the soul, the blessings of Christmas. Yes. Chicken soup for the soul, Christmas is in the air. Oh, yes. Chicken soup for the soul, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. No. Chicken soup for the soul, the wonders of Christmas. Yes. Chicken soup for the soul, a book of Christmas miracles. No. Chicken soup for the soul, the joy of Christmas. No. Chicken soup for the soul. Merry Christmas. Yeah, now we're talking. Now, Chick- now we're really fucking talking. <laughs> Chicken soup for the soul. Christmas in Canada. Chicken noodle soup for the soul for the non-binary person who decided that Christmas... Yes or no, this- chicken soup for the soul. Christmas in Canada. Focus. Yeah. Yes. Chicken soup for the soul. It's Christmas. Yes. Chicken soup for chicken soup for the soul. The gift of Christmas. Chicken soup for the soul. More noodles, more Christmas. Chicken soup for the soul. Christmas magic. I didn't like this movie. Chicken soup for the soul. Christmas cheer. It wasn't good. <laughs> How much more can you say, really? I've got a sinus infection, and I don't have chicken noodle soup. That's not true. I oh. bought chicken soup. It's in the fridge. Oh. You also have half a thing of matzo ball soup in the fridge (laughs) to prepare for Hanukkah on Rye next week. How about you? What did you think about this film? This was definitely the worst of the three movies, for sure. Sure. I went back and looked at our ratings of how we rated these films. Mm. And I have gone six for the first one, five for the second one. And not going to spoil what I'm going to rate for the third one. No, you got to listen to the whole episode for that. But probably lower. You went from five on the first one, which I thought was pretty high for you. Yeah. On this. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, you gave a two. Mm. So who's to say where this falls on that scale? Yeah, not well. I'll be honest with you. Also, they mentioned the Chicago White Sox a couple of times in this because she's from Chicago. And I found that triggering. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to sabotage your notes just as mine was sabotaged with chicken I noodle soup for the soul. Helped your notes. Thank I'm helping you your notes. Daniel is, as we all know, from Chicago. And this year, he has had it up to here with Chicago sports in a way that I've never seen you before. Every time he looks at his phone and it's just the loudest sigh. I was mid fever at his childhood home. <laughs> During Thanksgiving, and he was saying something to me that was important and relevant, and then he goes, and the Bulls lost, by the way. <laughs> God, we were just, like, sitting around, and I kept getting notifications about the Blackhawks score. Yeah, because he was decided like, to be a Blackhawks fan this year for the first time in his whole life. Well, you know, they got Connor Bedard, and he's new, and he's good, and he's fast. Sure. And he's, like, an 18-year-old, and he's going to be the future of the team. 
But this season, though, they're bad. And so they were playing somebody the other day, and they lost like seven to three. And I'm like, seven points? Now, famously, I'm not a sports person. I don't know diddly squat about sports. But it seems bad. It seems like not fun. Jerry Reinstorf, sell the teams. This is a plea. Everyone tweet (laughs) at Chicago White Sox and at Chicago Bulls to tell them to make Jerry Reinstorf sell the teams. I'm sure the the hundreds of people who listen to us. Look, everybody knows who Michael Jordan is, right? Sure. So Chicago Bulls. So So she's a White Sox fan and you found that upsetting because you're like, no way has she ever experienced a moment of pain and my life is nothing but suffering. I know I'm fine with her being a White Sox fan. It's just that her husband called them like the Chicago Red Stockings. And I'm like, that's sort of right, but not quite. It's okay. You can say it. It's a slur. Eh, it's fine. But Edward kept being like, you know, we're all part of a team, like like the Chicago White Sox. And I'm like, stop talking about the Chicago White Sox during my Christmas movie. <laughs> it's the off season. It's supposed to be my break from that miserable, miserable franchise. <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and say something that my former boss said to me. <laughs> my former boss is a very brilliant statistician. He's also a Mets fan. He is a Mets fan. So he also only knows pain and stuff. You know, like glass houses and such. (laughs) Anyway, my former boss, who is a Mets fan and is a very brilliant statistician of sorts when it comes to like polling and stuff, loves baseball. Because if you're a politics person and you care about polling, you tend to love baseball. And he was like, Kara, he wanted to give me a baseball analogy. And he's like, are you a baseball fan? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I dabble. Um, and he's like, do you have a team? And I'm like, you know, I, I, not really, but like I'm marrying a very hardcore White Sox fan. And he goes, huh, the Chicago White Sox. And he goes, I guess somebody has to be their fan. We're few and far between. <laughs> and it was the meanest thing I've ever heard. It was. It was really <laughs> devastating, but also really accurate. <laughs> and then he proceeded for weeks to just tell me how few White Sox fans there are. Anyway, this movie was not very good. The fact that she doesn't bake at all in this is um, Again, pretty upsetting. But that's that's all I have in terms of my notes and thoughts on this movie. Mm. Why don't you tell us a little bit of trivia about this movie? And maybe this franchise. Wrap it up nicely. Do we, do we think there's going to be a fourth? I would love to. Welcome to the fun facts. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Yeah. Wee. So before the film even began production, mm-hmm. Vanessa Hudgens told the rap that if another installment of The Princess Switch happened, fans shouldn't get their hopes up about playing a fourth character. Smart. Quote, we're already at Max Outrageous here with three characters. We're just going to keep it at that. So she has some sense of what is outrageous, allegedly. Mike Roll is the director behind all three of the Princess Switch movies. Yeah. He and Hudgens have praised each other's work over the past couple of years and appear to have a really good time filming with each other. I'm sure. It seems like they're having fun filming. Yes, yes. In an exclusive with J14, a publication that still exists, Roll said that the third movie is his favorite Huh. for multiple reasons. Quote, keeping the characters and story straight while balancing the cold, hard facts of production and schedule does have its traps. So there was scheduling issues with Vanessa Hutchins. <laughs> However, I enjoyed the advantage of having shot the previous two movies, he noted. What a, what a, what a rave for this third film. Uh, what, what about that is, yeah, this is the best one. 
Can you imagine coming in as a, as a new director to this movie? Like, like someone... Yes, I could do it. I could do it tomorrow with my eyes closed. <laughs> no, but knowing that the other two exist. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> the entire premise of the third movie is about retrieving the Star of Peace. Yeah. So apparently the Star of Peace was a pretty big thing to make. Mm-hmm. Pat Campbell, the production designer, oversaw its overall design, but Prince Edward's brother, the guy who plays Prince Edward's brother, yeah, contributed significantly to its final look. Oh, was it? <laughs> do is it the actor's brother? <laughs> yeah. Okay, because he doesn't have a brother in the movie. It took six weeks to make and was handcrafted by a jeweler in Scotland. Oh, yeah, well, that's actually interesting. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> So what do you think was the hardest part about filming this movie? Being in three places at once. Wow. Hudgens' job playing three characters wasn't just difficult because of the storylines or love interest. It was also difficult because each one had a different accent. Oh. Quote, it was the going back and forth between the accents and me trying to remember if I was American or British or British pretending to be American or American pretending to be British. This article says... It should be noted that Hudgens was very convincing with a British accent. So for my last bit, I'm just going to read you a review about this film. Mm -hmm. This film has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems extremely high for me. Yeah. So the New York Times says, Anyone who has seen one of these movies can just take over for the characters and guess their lines as easily as the three cousins can swap clothes and accents to impersonate one another. That's true. And that is how I feel. Um, I don't like these films. And that's it for your fun facts. But a bump, but a bump, yeah. You know, I knew I wasn't going to sell you on a third one of these. It, it's shocking. It you didn't sold sell me. me either, to be fair. Well, it's just that you. I feel like if you and I had team sports names, I'm Christmas Prince and you're Princess Switch. And much like the Chicago White Sox, <laughs> they're letting me down. They're letting you down. There's too many Vanessa Hudgenses. I know, there are. It's like that guy who owns the Bulls. He owns too many teams. It's true. Does he own all four? No, he just owns the Bulls and the White Sox. Oh, who owns the Bears? The Chicago Brown Bears? The Bears are owned by the McCaskey family. Who's the McCaskey family? Are they the McAllisters from Home Alone? No, their main owner is like a 96-year-old woman. Ooh, what's her story? Uh, Her father owned the Bears first, (laughs) and they were the first NFL team. Oh, yeah. I can name lots of NFL players. Travis Kelsey. Uh-huh. Jason Kelsey. Uh-huh. The one with the children's hospitals in Florida. Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Is he a baseball Famed player? Yankee? <laughs> okay, that's three. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. That's it for your fun facts. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Yeah. Alrighty, folks. As we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. Mm. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So out of 12 days of Christmas, what would you rate The Princess Switch Romancing the Star? I am going to give The Princess Switch too many switches. Stop switching about a partridge in a pear tree. Wow. Just one. You're lucky. I know. I feel like we usually don't give out ones. I gave out a zero last week. I know. We've given out probably given out more zeros than we have ones. Well, you I know. I know you've dipped into the negatives before, too. I have. But, and wow. One partridge in a pear tree? What did you like about it? I liked the 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 the, the romantic co-star. You know, you said he was a, a, a discount. discount Henry Golding. Mm-hmm. But I think he was a discount Dan Takaki. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, I guess that's a compliment. 
I think so. <laughs> How about you? What would you give this film? I am going to give it three French hens. Oh, babe. Why did you bring the French hens into this? Sorry. Let me say that again. I'm going to give this three Montanaran hens. <sighs> There's much smaller than the French hens. Is it because there's three Vanessa Hudgenses? No, it wasn't. It's just sequentially I went five, four, four three, three, two, one. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Um, You know, it was a bad movie. Yeah. But I don't know. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It was... Not a bad episode of 12 Days Pod. I won't remember recording this, and uh, I can't wait to listen to it in a year and be like, huh, that was a bad time for me. You know, I think it's going to be like that cup song that Anna Kendrick does in Pitch Perfect, where it's going to be like, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Uh, And I think we'll look back fondly on our times with Vanessa Hudgens. Well, I mean, this is the first time that we've finished a trilogy. It's fully untrue. We've finished multiple trilogies so far. (laughs) We finished Home Alone. We finished the Santa Claus. <laughs> well, you know, it's the third time we finished the trilogy. That, that's just what I could remember off the top of my head. <laughs> we might be finished other ones. Well, what a time we've had. Truly. Thank you so much for listening. We're only 24 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please, share this with your friends if they aren't already listening. Please. Join us next week as we watch our first Hallmark movie yes. and Kara's most anticipated movie of the year, not just for the podcast, like in general. True, it's true. Hanukkah on Rye. You know what came out this year? Oppenheimer. You know what came out this year? Barbie. You know what came out this year? The Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie. And you know what has been the apple of my eye? Hanukkah on Rye. David Fincher's The Killer. <laughs> also good. <laughs> but yes, Hanukkah on Rye. Yep. And as we say every episode... Merry Christmas. Christmas.